Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. We are celebrating seven years at Blaze Church. And as I was thinking about, you know, this month and even this series, Increase Our Faith, and really just gearing up for this special Sunday, I was reminded of one word that is a theme in Scripture that I believe best captures what the first seven years at Blaze Church has looked like, and it's the word generosity. And so I'm calling this seven years of generosity. Seven years of generosity. How many people here know a generous person? How many people here are a generous person? Raise your hand. You're all generous people. This room is filled with generosity. In fact, the reason why you're sitting in the chair that you're sitting in this morning is because of generosity. There was a dream team here at seven o'clock that set up this room just for you. There was somebody who gave financially so that you and I could be in this space. If you've got children right now, they are being cared for and loved and being taught God's love because of seven years of generosity. And today, if I can with you, and this is a celebration service, and so if you want to get to the bagels, you better amen and clap throughout this whole thing, or I'm just going to take a whole long, whole lot, like, they're not, they're bored, Joe, they don't care, this, so let's just just have, we're going to have a party service and really just enjoy And I want to share with you what seven years of generosity has looked like. Because maybe like me, you've had family members or friends come to know God more because of Blaze Church. In fact, if that's your story, could you throw your hand up real quick? Like you have a family member or a friend or you yourself has come to know God because of Blaze Church. Like that's happened over these seven years. And as I was thinking about scripture and our church, I was so reminded of the words of Paul who wrote to the church in Corinth in the first century. And we have what he wrote to read today. Like, how cool is that? We're going to read something that is thousands of years old. And yet, if we could, Blaze Church, be the recipients of these words. And look at what Paul says that their giving did. And let me say, Blaze Church, this is what your generosity has done. The words of Paul moved by the Holy Spirit to encourage a church in Corinth. Blaze Church, 2 Corinthians 9, 12. This service that you perform, he's speaking of financial giving, of generosity. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, So he's saying your giving didn't just meet the needs of your local church where you are, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Think about that phrase, that because these believers gave, there was an overflow of gratitude of other people. Like, have you seen that through Blaze Church in seven years? Because I have. Like people who say, I'm so thankful that this church exists in this community. I'm so grateful that this church met the need in my life or met my friend's need. Paul's saying to this church, you did that. It overflowed. And then he goes on and says, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God. How many would say they want other people to praise God because of our generosity? 
We want, we have a vision for the east end of Long Island to know God and find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. And Paul writes, hey, others are gonna praise God. Notice the word, for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ, for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. So, so Paul is saying here, it's not that you just confessed that you're a Christian, that you believe in Jesus, but rather your obedience accompanied that confession of faith. And because you obeyed and you gave, people praised God. And I'm telling you, Belize Church, you are radically generous. You are, and for seven years of generosity, your giving has resulted in an overflow of expression of thanks. And so many people have praised God because of you. And I can tell you don't believe me. You need proof. I know this is 11 o'clock. They need proof. They're like, prove it. So I want to show you some pictures. And as I was thinking through these seven years, trying to just think of just some moments that we as a church could remember being a part of, there were countless moments. And I know the Giants kick off against the Ravens in one o'clock game. I know you're thinking that. I know we want to see that. So I am not going to keep you here for hours. Maybe. Maybe not. But I want to just show you a handful of moments at Blaze Church that generosity made happen. These are expression of thanks moments. These are others praise God because of this. So seven years, October 2015, my wife and I came to a church of a handful of people with a handful of people and just said, let's just see what God might do. That next month, November 2015, we started renovating that building right away. That's a downstairs space. And we invited some dream team. You can see we, some of our dream team was all in. Edwin showed up to eat pizza and we were like, bro, you're supposed to teach us how to do this. We don't know what to do with two by fours. But it was just so awesome from day one. In the first month, radical generosity started to transform that building. If you could, if you're a part of a small group that meets at the church building this semester, could you throw your hand up real quick? Just throw hands up around the room. Yeah, there's a lot of people. So if you meet, especially in that downstairs space, seven years ago, that transformation started for you. What? Like you're giving thanks to God today because right away, radical generosity was a part of our culture. The following year, November, 2016, a church of 33 people said, we will send gifts overseas and bless children. And there we were filling up shoeboxes with toys and activities so we can ship them overseas with Operation Christmas Child to bless people. Like that happened. And we didn't say, oh, we're not big enough or we're not rich enough or we don't have enough to make a difference. We just said, obedience. Let's just do it. And then in 2017, we did one of our first backpack giveaways in the community where we were giving out hot dogs. We were giving out backpacks filled with supplies and just being a light, not even on our church property. We were right at Ludlam Park right here in this community. Like you did that, Blaze Church. You made a difference in people's lives. That same year, the community actually asked us if we would do a, a tree lighting and a bonfire on our property. And so December 2007, there's Davey having a great time by the fire, still, still here to this day serving Jesus and teardown team. And like, this was generosity. This isn't just a moment where we did something for the community. This created a doorway for the community to know there's a church here that cares about them. 
so that people could say, I need to know God. I think I'll check out that church. The following summer, June 2018, we did something called Hope Day, where we served nearly 600 people in one day. New sneakers, medical services, lunch, bounce houses. We partnered with organizations, a prayer area, Bibles, everything on the church property. Just saying, we want you to know God loves you. And that was an overflow of thanks. Are you seeing like that this month for me has been filled with so much joy as I've been living in Paul's words and saying, oh, it wasn't just the church of Corinth. It's the church in, Bla in Flanders. It's Blaze Church. They gave and people gave thanks. And then this was fun. That same year, November 2018, we did something called Turkey Takeover, where we purchased a whole bunch of turkeys and we just blessed people with frozen turkeys during the holidays. And we had such a great time. In fact, we had one person who said, I don't understand why you're giving out a free turkey. I don't trust this church. I don't, I don't understand. There's gotta be a catch. There's, that person is still here today serving on the dream team, right? Can we worship God for that four years later? Like, hey, my life's been changed because of a turkey? No, the turkey was just the tool. It was the radical generosity of some people who said our obedience will match our confession. Seven years, we are not the church that just says we love you. We love you. We follow Jesus. This was fun. If you were part of this, you're gonna remember this moment. 2019, we moved a local resident out of her apartment into a new space and, and we moved stuff. And, and all, the, all the giggles are the people that were there and know what that means. Like stuff, a lot of stuff, like storage containers worth of stuff. And we had a, an assembly line of that dream team up three flights of stairs, just past it. Yo, lampshade, mattress, random thing, we're, cat. We were just passing it down the stairwell, throwing it into the tray. It was awesome. We had the best time. And, and that woman there in the middle, her life is forever changed because she didn't know who to call. She wasn't a member of our church, but she thought maybe the church around the corner from my house would help me. And you did. And it's eternal. And then the world shut down in March of 2020. And you know what Blaze Church did? It opened up even more. So within one month, we had a drive-through supermarket going on our property. And on the first day, 300 people showed up with their cars so that we could drop groceries right in their trunks, lying down the road of people saying, we can't even get to the supermarkets, but we heard this church will just drop groceries in our trunk, no questions asked. What? That's radical generosity. Yeah, let's praise God for like, that's crazy. And then we're here now, right? And if you're a part of a small group, you meet at our building during the week. If you come to our prayer services, we say that ministry flows from our building in Flanders Monday through Saturday, but we became a portable church in January. I'm a year and a half now. Okay, that's a dream team of people and a church that said, it's gonna cost $150,000 to do this. We'll make it happen. And you did in like five weeks, you gave, in fact, you gave too much. So we gave a lot of it away to other churches. 
Because we were like, you brought in too much. We're just going to help other churches out. And next week, Pastor Labuto is coming from Kitwe, Zambia. And it was then that you gave too much, so we put a roof on his church. And he's coming to say thank you next week. Like, that's crazy. But here we are. And all of this that's here, from the stage to every wire to the kids' space, like, many expressions of thanks. And just last November, here, you guys all renovated the bathroom in the back of the room, right? We just said, hey, Moose Lodge, thanks for hosting us. We're so grateful. What can we do? We, we need a new bathroom. We got you. <laughs> we'll pay for it. We'll gut your bathroom. We'll, we'll, like, you did that. And then last month, if you just started coming, you were a part of this. Last month, we gave out almost 60 gifts so that every teacher in Phillips Elementary School received a gift. And last week, a teacher came because you gave them a gift. Are you kidding me? Like, can we just celebrate God and his radical generosity through you, Blaze Church? Like, you make a difference. So I don't have the time to talk about every single person, every single moment, your family member, your friend, you. But I, I just want to say this. That was a glimpse of all that's happened in the first seven years. Let's not lose sight of the why behind the what. what what's the why behind the turkey? behind the teacher gift, behind the tree lighting. It's this, real people being introduced to a real God. Real people. Paul says in scripture, I will become all things to all people so that some might be saved. And at Blaze Church, that means if it's gonna take a turkey, if it's gonna take an outreach event, if, it, if it's gonna, whatever it's gonna take short of sin, we are gonna do whatever it takes so that real people will be introduced to a real God. And you did that. Let me tell you about some of the real people. There are people in this church that gave up on church. They said, I am not going to another church. And now they were the blaze flame of pride. <laughs> like, that's my church. There are people who had no idea who God was. Adults only knew God like when they cursed. That was the only time they mentioned Jesus Christ. It was the only time. And, and now... They worship him with their lips because they know him. There are children on the other side of this wall who are being taught the gospel. Parents who are saying, I don't struggle with my kid to go to church. My kid wakes me up and I'm just like, I'm tired. And like, we're not, we're going to church today because they love Blaze kids. Like that is this culture. Real people being introduced to real God. And and oftentimes in scripture, we see that God gives his people these, these monuments, these memorials to say, don't forget what's been done. And, and today is a party day. And if you want to say like, oh, is that Bible? Yeah, it is. If you want to know where it is, read about the festival of booths in the Old Testament. It's one of the festivals God gives the people of Israel where they just basically camp outside and eat and drink and have a good time for days on end, worshiping God. And they set up a monument where they might remember what God has done. And so today we have something very special that we are gonna memorialize this day with to say, look at what God has done over these first seven years here as a church. So Joe and Josh, give them a hand. They're taking this guy out. Guys, thank you. So muscular, the both of you. I can't, it's so heavy. Yeah. Seven years of generosity. Seven years. 
And, and, and we first came here in 2015, and so all of this is what has taken place between then and now. But this church, just so you know, began in 1968 as First Ukrainian Assembly of God. It's like there's decades of people who have been praying, may God's light go out in the east end of Long Island. Like all of these are milestone moments. And it was brought to my attention in the first service that there's a typo on this very expensive sign. And I'm very happy about that because it symbolizes that we are an imperfect church and there is no us, wit hut you. And that's incredible because why not? You paid for this sign, Blaze Church. So way to go. <laughs> we need a little more generosity to get that O in there. <laughs> That's all we got. <laughs> we'll have it fixed by next week. Don't you worry. <laughs> but truly, there is no us without every single one of you. Like you, you make up Blaze Church. And so here's what we're doing to memorialize this day. And this is going to be out all month long. I'm inviting you like the 930 did to put your name when you started coming on this timeline. And so you're like, hey, this is my first day here. Can I get in on this? Absolutely. You're right here. We, we didn't have anybody yet do that. So maybe this is for you. Like, this is my first day. I'm throwing my name on this thing. Because this represents what us, through the power of God, has done over the first seven years. And if God has done this in the first seven, can you imagine what he's going to do in the next seven? Can we just celebrate already what God's going to do between 2022, thank you guys, and 2029? Like, he's, he's going to do great things. So we're going to have that outside for you guys to sign as you're eating your bagel and you want to smear some cupcake on. Go ahead, like, just, it's your sign. It's just awesome what he's done. So what about the next seven? Could, let me ask you guys a few questions that I thought through this week. How many people here, in light of the next seven years, how many people here have a friend or a family member that you say, I would love for them to come to know God in the next seven years? So that's you, just throw up your hand. Don't, yeah, I think it's gonna be all of us, if we're honest. Friend or a family member that says, I want them to know God. How about, how many people in this space would say, I wanna just know God myself a little more and maybe look a little more like Jesus in 2029 than I do today? <laughs> like, throw your hand up, my hands up. I wanna, I wanna know him more. Or... or how many people want to see the east end of Long Island actually transformed by the gospel of Jesus over the next seven years? Like, this is your home. This is your community. If even just by 1%, by one degree, this community could start to be a lighthouse of the gospel where our standards change and our morality changes and it matches what God has said in his word, why not? If he could do that with a handful of people who just chose to be obedient and faithful, then what, what does he do with maybe two handfuls, three handfuls, four handfuls of people who say, I want to be a part of it? So I, I showed you there, 1968, this, this place began. 1979, the church purchased 2.6 acres of property that we still own today. And for the last three months at Blaze Church, Every prayer service, the second Saturday of the month, we meet at that building and we all reach our hands towards this piece of property. And if you haven't seen it, that's what it looks like. So that church, that building in the back, that's Blaze Church building. That's where small groups are and prayer services and, and ministry flows out of and we prepare for portable church there. But all of that cleared land is paid off, is church owned. And I believe that in 1979, a group of people 
said, we're going to purchase this so one day a life-giving facility could be built here and so that ministry could flow here and reach more people. And I'm just saying to you as your pastor, why not in the next seven years? Like, why not be the generation of this church that says what started in 1979 got completed between 2022 and 2029? And, and, and I, you're, maybe you're asking, well, like, how long, how much, what size building, where's it going to go exactly, what's the color palette? You have a lot of questions, and here's my answer to all of them. I don't know. Here's the one thing I do know. God has called our church and the leadership team of this church in this season to say, get ready, the harvest is coming, the workers are few, but there's a whole lot of people who need to know God and find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. And why not? Why not? If the first seven years, this could all happen, why not in the next seven years? How will it happen? Through obedience that accompanies confession, through radical generosity. Here's what I know about every single person here. Even if I don't fully know you, you and I have a desire for generosity. Oftentimes our desire doesn't meet our action because we just don't know how to make it happen because there's a lot of myths surrounding generosity. But if I could give you a, 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 just a framework today and words today, here's what I'd say about you. You want to make a difference in someone's life over the next seven years. If that's your quick hand. Who wants to make a difference? You want to make a difference? We don't not give because we don't not want to make a difference. We just look at all that's before us and all that's in our hand, and we kind of just think, I can't, I can't be a part of that story. I can't, I can't change it. Yes, you can. And I want to teach you today about generosity. As we look forward to the next seven years as a church, I want you to understand every single person is able to make a difference. Because in 2029, when we show pictures of the last seven years, which are really the next seven years, don't get confused. We're not time warping right now, but just stay with me. And we're like, hey, remember when we did that? Remember when we did? You're going to be able to say, yeah, because I was a part of that. Because for this set of seven, I paid for the turkey. I was there when they filled up baskets of food and delivered it. I was a part of that project in this community. I was there when, when the Moose Lodge went to three services and four services, and we started to grow, and we started to give. I was there when the foundation was laid for the new building. I made it happen through my generosity. And we're going to show pictures, and you're going to say, I know. I, I, I gave to that. That typo on that sign, I wrote the check. <laughs> I, I did that, and I'm proud of it. But how? How do we become generous? Here's the question. What is biblical generosity? And so if I can, just as we kind of end this moment, you know, seven really symbolizes the fullness, the completion. And I believe that this first seven has been beautiful. I was joking with some people during setup. I said, you do know, when I came here in 2015, they signed me for a seven-year lease. My time is up. And they're like, don't play, pastor. You ain't going nowhere. I'm, like, I'm not going anywhere. But what about the next seven? What does it look like to be biblically generous? And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you four values of biblical generosity straight from scripture, not my opinion. I just wanna read to you again the words of Paul that we already read and show you four biblical values, not, per, not, not opinion values, not guilt-driven values. We're not passing any bucket today. We're not starting a building fund. That started actually a couple years ago. and You've been given so much, that fund is already growing and blaze beyond. 
Today's just a day to remind you and to encourage you. Are you biblically generous? So what does Paul say? Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse three, he starts off and he's talking to the church of Corinth and he's telling them about another church, the Macedonian church. And he says to them, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Now, what I maybe think is true, it's a theory. I've got some proof from my seven years of experience is that when a pastor begins to talk about money in church, the defensive walls begin to go up. And maybe some of us just thought, this guy's over here on a birthday Sunday talking about money. I brought my friends thinking we were just gonna eat cupcakes and now he's talking about money. And our walls go up when we start talking about money. Why? That's not Bible. When Paul started talking about money, the church urgently pleaded with him for the privilege of sharing in this service. So change the framework for a second. Instead of us getting defensive and saying, oh, God just wants my money or the church just wants my money. What if our initial response was, pastor, tell me more about what we're gonna do because I wanna fuel the vision that this church has to reach lost people. What if we said, I need, I'm pleading with you. Don't forget to bring me in because I want to give. It is the first value, a privilege. The first thing you and I need to know about generosity is it is truly a privilege. On our dream team here, a repeated phrase of our culture is what? We don't have to, we what? We get to. Dream team knows that. We get to set up these curtains. We get to make a kid's space. But watch this. When you believe we don't have to, but we get to long enough, we don't get to turns into something greater. We want to. And there are people here that want to give. That say, I just need to know about the next thing that's coming up because I'm ready. I want to give. I want to give. I want to be radically generous. It's a privilege. So let me say to you the words of Paul in the next verse. I am not commanding you. I love that he says that. He's like, guys, and I'm saying it to you, Blaze Church, I am not commanding you to give. But he does say this, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Do you understand what Paul is actually saying there? Because this should offend us. He's literally telling the Corinthians, remember, he's talking about the Macedonians, and he says, I'm not going to tell you to give, but just so you know, I'm going to test you, and I'm going to compare what you give with what the Macedonians give. Now, I got to believe that if that was a part of Blaze Church culture, and I said, just so you know, Miguel, I'm checking your tithing record against Coyotes, right, bro? I'm, just, I'm, I'm not commanding, but I'm just going to test you. I just want to see if you really love the Lord. We would have a fit we would lose our minds. You get your, you get out of my money. We would say that. But that's exactly what Paul did. And don't worry. Well, I don't got time for that, okay? <laughs> got way too much going on. But that's what Paul says he does. He's like, I'm gonna look at what you give. I'm gonna see what they give. And I'm gonna just see, because the sincerity of our love, here's what Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And if we understand that, what Jesus is really saying is, you can't say you love me if you're not financially giving. 
wherever your treasure goes, that's actually what you love. And so if Jesus pulled your bank statement and he saw, he might say, that brother loves his truck. Man, she loves shoes. Do you have stock in Starbucks? Because you love laugh when we talk about generosity because we shouldn't get all up in arms and offended. God has the best plan for your life. And we can't just say, God, bless my marriage, bless my parenting, bless my job, but not also say, and we're like, well, I'll, I'll trust you on the parenting thing and the singleness thing and the marriage thing. I just, I don't like when you talk about money. But he does because he also says you can't serve two masters, either God or money. Money has a big contender for your heart. And I just want to teach you in the next seven years how to be generous. So he says, I'm not commanding you. He says something about testing, but then he gives us the real second value of generosity. Here's what he says in the next verse. For you know, and so many of you do, and if you don't, you're about to know. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty, might become rich. What is Paul saying here? If you're a Christian, if you know the grace of God, that is the biggest motivating factor for you to be radically generous. And if you don't know, then let me share with you. God loves you. He made you. And apart from him, you will continue to empty every time. God has a plan for your life. Jesus came to this world to pay for your sins so that you might become a new creation. And when you understand, when you know the grace, it becomes the second value of generosity, the gospel. If I could use that word in a completely grammatically wrong way, every time you give, you are gospeling your heart. You're preaching the gospel to you. You're reminding yourself all that I have belongs to him because I belong to him. So if you're struggling with generosity today, your struggle may be you don't know the grace of God. Ask him to show you more of his grace. Now, inevitably, whenever we talk about giving in church, there's a two-word question that always comes up. Let's see if you know it. How much? How much? Cut to the chase. Those aren't free cupcakes. They must be five easy payments of $29.99. Isn't that what it is? Just a, plus shipping and handling. And then you give me a big cupcake on top. Now it's $30. Like, wh how much? We're, we're at, like, how, much is, how much is good enough? If I, if I do recurring giving of $20 a week, is that enough? $100. If I told you that somebody gave $1,000, you and I may say, wow, that's generous. Or without a framework, that might just be what they would spend on dinner the night before. So how much, and when we look for a dollar amount, that's not healthy. That's also not scripture. So let me answer how much, but let me warn you, you and I will not be sufficed with the answer. Here's what Paul says. We already read it. Chapter eight, verse three. For I testify that they, that's the Macedonians, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Well, that doesn't help me. How much was it? I need to know dollars. I need to know percents. Percents beyond their ability. Paul goes on to say this. Remember this. 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Again, Paul, you're not, you're not answering my question. My question is, how much am I to give back to the Lord through my local church? And here's the answer. Get ready. As much as it takes. Well, what does that mean? as much as it takes for you to be giving beyond your own ability, as much as it takes for you to be giving generously, I'll give you the single word for it. Sacrificial. Generosity is sacrificial. When's the last time you said no to something because you've said yes to giving a certain amount back to the Lord? That's a, that's a contextual question. Do you see why now just to play the dollar amount game doesn't do anything? Because it's going to be different. It's sacrificial. It is a privilege. It is the gospel. It is sacrificial. And now the next verse pairs beautifully with it. So I want to show it to you. Each one, Paul writes, must give what he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I've seen this single verse pulled out of this context and used often for someone to say, you see, pastor, you can't tell me what to give. And if I want to do 10 a week, who are you to tell me that I can't give that? Each one must give. And I'm not against 10 a week, by the way. I hope you're seeing that framework. But if you want to play the pull a single verse out of scripture game, that's crazy dangerous. Next thing you know, you're not eating bacon. No more shellfish. You're getting cut in your sideburns. You might go attack your neighbor. Like, you can play that game, but be careful. Because we need context. So in light of the context, Paul says, first, each one must give. I love that he doesn't say rich people must give because that's a myth of generosity. I need more to be generous. More money won't make you generous if you're a jerk. More money will make you a rich jerk. It doesn't make you generous to get more money. And if you want to know about percents and amounts, look at this moment where Jesus says, a poor widow that had two pennies gave it into the offering, and Jesus goes, she gave more than every rich person at church that day. It wasn't about amounts. It was about sacrifice. It was about, it's a privilege, it's the gospel, it's sacrificial. And our last value from this verse is this, it is personal. It's personal between you and the Lord and what he's put on your heart. But don't just take that value and say, oh, it's personal, I just made my decision without any thought to, is it a sacrifice in light of the gospel of grace? It, all of it together, it's personal. So I want you to know here in Blaze Church, over these seven years that I've been here, we don't check W-2s. And I think that's worth saying because I've been told stories where when you become a member of a church, you show up with your W-2 just to make sure, just to make sure. So there are two people in this church that have their W-2s checked by our board of trustees every single year to make sure that their decided giving is sacrificial. You know who those two people are? Your pastors. Me and Amy, every January, our board of trustees knows our salary, sees what we're planning to give to the local church, and we have conversation about, is it sacrificial? Look at the percent, look at the amount, where are we at? Blaze Church is personal. 
So I just, I just want your guard to be let down today. I want you to have fun as you think about the next seven years. I want you to be able to say in 2029, I gave and I made that happen because my giving was a privilege. It was the gospel. It was, it was sacrificial and it was personal. But don't, don't stop. Maybe you did start coming way back when years ago. And if, you're, if you think about it, you, you've just been given the same thing you've been given without thinking of these values. So just go to the Holy Spirit, ask him. Just ask him, what do you got to lose? He's given us so much. And so many people have been blessed. And there are so many more. So here's my encouragement. Choose generosity. Be a generous church. And you already are. And that's awesome. You're, you're already a generous church. And so today is really a preaching to the choir kind of Sunday. Because this is already the overflow of Blaze Church. Just to know that. It's not like the board pulled me aside and said, Pastor Keith, you better make good on the seven year. We're behind the eight ball. We need some more money in this budget. No, not at all. In fact, like I told you, you give so much, we have to keep giving it away to other churches. So you're like, you're generous. We got a vision over the next seven years to see stories change, to see lives transformed. And I know that you want to be a part of that. So choose generosity. In our 930 service, we honored two men of God who are radically generous. These two men have been here longer than seven years. They have served the Lord faithfully. When I showed up as a 26-year-old kid seven years ago, and my first sermon was on ice cream Sundays, these two guys sat there and said, I don't know where he's going, but we're gonna see it through. And they were here before our launch team got here in 2015. And this morning they were here at seven o'clock. One of them who works overnights and comes right here for setup and serves and then helps you find a parking spot in the 930 and worships the Lord and goes home to sleep finally. Men of God who love the Lord with all their heart and we honored them and gave them certificates that said, because of your radical, faithful generosity. And so they may not be in this service, but I think we're a church that honors. And so would you stand to your feet right now and let's honor Steve and Sylvan. We've got a picture of them. If you don't know who they are, these are two incredible men of God who have been here over a decade at this church, loving the Lord, setting up this space for you. And they continue to make a difference. And it is, it is remarkable. And it's not about the amount. And so hear me, Blaze Church. Be generous. And don't let the myth of generosity that you need more to start being generous confuse you. Go to the Lord this week and say, God, as we start the next seven years at Blaze Church, how might my generosity be a privilege and the gospel and sacrificial and personal? What are you calling me to do? What are you calling me to give and to give up so that I might be a part of stories changing over the next seven years? I wanna pray for every person today that our faith would increase. And I'm gonna ask you to do something. And if you don't feel comfortable doing it, please don't feel like you have to. But scripture tells us there are many times where we should lift our hands to the Lord. Would you lift your hands if you're comfortable doing so to praise him this morning? as we end our time of reading God's word and go into a, one more song. God, our hands are lifted as we declare, thank you that you are the same God that started to move people's hearts in 1969 
and that today we are worshiping you and celebrating your rich generosity towards us. We know the grace that has been shown to us and we thank you for that grace. And God, I pray that Blaze Church would be filled with radically generous trailblazers men and women of God and children of God that say, I'm gonna give sacrificially. It's gonna be my privilege. It is the gospel. And God, it is personal because you've personally changed my life. And so Lord, may we see the miraculous happen the next seven years, more people come to know you, more people transform this community changed by the gospel message. We give you all the praise. We call on you, God. We desperately need you and we worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.